Hello and welcome to the 3PO Summit. I'm Anthony Smith, Chief Economist here at Freight Waves, and I am excited about this fireside chat. I get to chat with one of the leading innovators and really, I think, thought leaders within this industry, and that is Will Kerr, CEO of Edge Logistics. Will, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Anthony. I'm excited to be here. So, well, there's just so much to jump into, and I'm just going to dive right into it. Starting top of mind, the market has definitely been significantly impacted and changed over the last few months. I can only imagine, you know, we've seen a huge shift since, of course, the midst of the pandemic to, of course, some of the volumes that we saw in 2022. Now going to 2023, it's just a different market altogether. Just at a high level, kicking us off real quick, can you talk to some of the different changes and some of the different dynamics that we're seeing going into 2023? Yeah, sure. I mean, really starting last March, um, the market started to dramatically change uh, from a really carrier power market to more of a shipper powered market. Um, that happened pretty dramatically from like February, February, March, to April, May last year. And then continued to really, you know, shrink down uh, the opportunity throughout the rest of the season. And then this year, uh, with the new contract rates resetting, you know, right about right now, uh, starting as early as mid-February and continuing to roll out on almost a weekly basis over the course of our portfolio and, you know, the greater American uh, economy. You know, we're seeing that again, where uh, where, where rates are have dropped again, uh, rate per mile is lower, uh, the, the higher length of haul freight is extremely competitive, uh, both brokers and from asset competitors. And yeah, the, the you know, revenue per load, or what I like to call the revenue dynamics of the of the market, have gotten less favorable. This you know, from a traditional perspective, for both brokers and, and carriers. Um, but yeah, you know, that's just the reality of the cycle. And uh, this, you know, the cycles have been getting faster. The swings have been getting larger and more and more dramatic in the last five or six years. Um, so you know, wow. We didn't really see it coming last year. Uh, we definitely saw it coming this year. Um, so we were a lot more prepared uh, to adjust our strategy and our portfolio, you know, and our and the way that we approach customers on a case by case basis uh, to more fit with what we predicted the market like this year. And I think that's a, a great point. I mean, really kind of anticipating market shifts because, of course, as an economist, that's really one of my primary things: being able to forecast what's going to happen, and really how to best prepare for it ahead of time. One of the big things that's also had a huge shift through within the market dynamics was around labor. Well, can you tell us a little bit about some of the difficulties or some of the challenges or some of the strategies that you've had around sourcing that labor, especially going into this year? Uh, for, well, for us, if you're talking about you know, edge employees, uh, I think we're in, a, we're in an awesome market for sourcing right now. Uh, we've gone through a period of tremendous consolidation over the last five years, where many of the legacy players that you know, we at Edge really modeled ourselves after have been uh, bought and sold at least one or two times since uh, since like the heyday of the 15 to 18 market. Um, and with that, you know, employees who were star players in a lot of those shops uh, facing myriad of different challenges, you know, with, with ownership groups. Uh, different bosses uh, being consolidated in pre-existing workforms where maybe there's some client or carrier overlap. Um, and then more recently, you know, throughout this down cycle, a lot of the bigger 
Ray Brogman just have, you know, done some pretty aggressive uh, cost-cutting measures, all the terms of, you know, layoffs or, or right-sizing, like I like to call it, or, uh, or uh, you know, commission cuts or cap, cap changes uh, to realign, you know, their sales forces, their legacy sales forces, their high-income sales forces with uh, the current co- customer or company needs, which would be going to be business growth. Um, so we've seen a lot of that going on. And for us, you know, as a smaller but, you know, heavy punching broker, you know, we, uh, it's perfect because we're able to go attract a lot of those guys um, who want to get back into the smaller, more nimble, more customer centric, carrier centric uh, brokerages, you know, where we're less concerned about who's, who's getting what money and more concerned about growth. Yeah. And, and I'm glad that you mentioned that that nimbleness of it all, because I think that's really the big thing, because you think about some of the advantages of really being able to adapt to different markets. Also, I like the the right sizing terminology as well. I might have to use that one myself. But when we're looking at <laughs> strategies to um, bring in um, maybe a larger shipper, enterprise shippers, um, what kind of um, strategies are you looking to implement from that perspective? On a market in a market like this, um, which we think we'll be at until at least you know mid next year, um, you have to really lean into the contract right now. Uh, if you're going to have any shot at growing uh, at beating last year's top line, uh, you're going to have to do a whole lot more loads, and you're going to have to do them via contract free. Uh, so that's what we've been really focused on is is leaning leaning into the contract. Uh, we've te- we've bitten off some really big deals from some of our best and and, and most uh, relationship driven shippers, uh, where they where they bet on us to be one of the workhorses this this season. Uh, and then we've also been really successful with new business uh, going in and uh, approaching the shippers from a contract perspective. Uh, you know, and when I say contract for it, I mean I mean you know having no capacity. You know, going into these contracts with with trucking companies with fleets and trucks. With the drop trailer, with with preload, all that type of stuff um, that can keep your faith out of the day of one. You know, if you're if you're going to go in and just try to undercut well-established carrier networks on a price perspective because you think you need more freight, but your plan is to just post and buy and book it transactionally, you're going to get eat, eaten alive in a year like this. Um, so what you need to do is you got to you got to get freight that you actually cover the carriers that you actually know, like and trust. And they like and trust you back, and you go into these contract negotiations with you know trailers in hand, and you buy freight for them, uh, and then they pick it up and deliver it, uh, you know, kind of outside of the market. Uh, and when you do that, you can keep your your board real clean. You can do a lot of volume. You can do a lot of loads per rep. Um, you can get a lot of the efficiency that you lose when you don't have the uh, revenue loaded. You know. Whatever revenue plug crashes, you know, it uh, destroys margin opportunity. Um, and, and when you have less margin opportunity, you have to execute at a much higher level. And, you know, that's what we're really focused on here. And, well, one of the things that you mentioned um, that I really think was a great point as well was really, really, I think, where that dynamic or, or the power laid. Of course, that pendulum always shifts back and forth between carriers and shippers. And we've seen that pendulum swing a few times throughout the last couple of years here. Um, when we're thinking about current conditions, of course, the one mainstay that always remains the same is relationships. That seems to be a constant within this industry. 
during these tighter conditions right now, um, with terms and volume and really a lot of capacity seeming to be on the market, where does really kind of the pendulum lie in terms of keeping clients happy and really what kind of strategies do you use to help keep that, you know, those relationships going? Yeah. I mean, when the, when the market's tight and, uh, expectations raise, you know, uh, we, we are currently in an environment where the status quo for customer service and the expectations, both for trucking companies, national trucking companies, as well as freight brokers have never been higher. Uh, we're, we're, we're our customer service expectations pretty much across the board are above 95% uh, time delivery above 99% tender acceptance, you know, perfect EDI and billing and transparency in terms of visibility and real-time GPS looking. All of that is a, is a expected now. It's not it's not a nice to have. So uh, when you're when you're sourcing customers and when you're trying to keep customers happy, as you say, you know, it's really important that you have a good case fit with uh with, with the shipper and the broker. Um, you know, for us at Edge, not all not all customers are good fits for us. You know, we we require customers that uh, that have a certain amount of volume where we can get a big enough opportunity where the efficiencies that we can bring can really show in the data over time. Um, you know, customers that you know do one load here or one load there that are very price driven. Well, we're not going to be a really good fit for in this market. Uh, we're trying to bring a more dynamic solution and serves you know a more elite ship. Um, and when we talk to customers, you know, we try to discover that early on, you know, so to see if that we have a, you know, a real um, in a hot market, you know, that could be a lot different. And, you know, our portfolio of which customers are doing well or which customers are, you know, a little bit more hard challenge um, tend to be totally different in a hot market or, or, or contract heavy market. Um, and it's important to have both of those in your, in your portfolio. But, you know, we've always been really focused on, uh, on customers and shippers that you know see the value of consistent performance, see the value of growth over time, and want the same carriers picking up and delivering their same love over and over and over. Well, I think that's a, a brilliant point there that not a lot of folks kind of take into consideration, and that's really around making sure that they are a right fit for you and your business because that makes the world a difference instead of just accepting every single thing that comes your way can really drive down efficiency. So I love that point. Um, when we're looking at um, really threats to brokerages, do you see anything right now that could be a significant threat to a thriving, growing brokerage? Uh, well, I mean, the things that you always worry about are are making huge mistakes in terms of like compliance or something like that, like some just disaster scenario. Um, that, that is that is one, uh, and then like, one that a lot of folks are dealing with right now is customer consolidation. Uh, you know, pretty much every shipper I talk to. One of their organizational goals is to cut down the amount of brokers that they're working with, um, which is uh, not not a great thing for the brokerage community. Uh, so, you know, I think there's a lot of people who are taking big step back, big steps back with uh, with with clients right now. Uh, and if you want to continue to be rewarded, you know, this year and in the years to come, you have to really really come through in this type of market, and you're gonna have to find ways to bring value and, and problems to solve. And, and of course, speaking of threats or maybe even opportunities, what are some of the things that you see really kind of facing the 3PL industry as a whole? I know there's tons of talks around different types of regulation. Does anything come to your mind when you think of regulation 
or maybe when you think of automation or technology? So I'm a huge advocate of automation and technology enablement in, in, in freight brokerage. Uh, I believe that uh, we're just at the precipice of the, at the early adopter phase of the technology adoption lifecycle. Uh, we're approaching the chasm, and it's going to be awesome to see which brokerages are able to cross through that that really, really important period of our industry. Uh, from a regulatory perspective, there's been a lot of talk about like rate transparency and all that. I, I you know, honestly, if people want to see what our how free brokerage margins look, you know, have at it. We may, we, it's in a hyper efficient marketplace. Uh, brokers, believe it or not, uh, have almost no control over the rate environment. You know, we uh, we compete against both carriers and other brokers in every bid that we do. Uh, we hardly ever control more than 5% of a shipper's portfolio. It's a hyper-efficient marketplace and it's based on supply. Uh, you know, the other thing is we don't make fixed margins. You know what I mean? Like for every load I make $200 on, there's a load I lost $200 on. You know, like so I think if, if the light is shined on what freight brokerage P&Ls look like, I think there will be an even greater appreciation for what we do. <laughs> but uh we'll see uh it'll be kind of fun to see to see what shakes out there uh you know but for congress and, and the fed to try to blame brokerage or you know the rates crashing is a complete joke when this is a fed induced recession and the only reason why rates cra- are crashing is because interest rates are rising <laughs> so you know if uh if they really cared about you know the trucking companies or the brokers or you know the the truck drivers who are enjoying an inflated rate environment during a period of inflation that the consumer had to pay for, um, then, then they should just be honest about what their plan is to crush the rate environments of transportation to kill inflation. Um, but to shine a light on us and say that we're bad actors is a joke. Um, and I, yeah, I bet there are, you know, some, some small, you know, very fly-by-night folks in this business who take advantage of people. But anybody in the top 100, anybody in the top 200 is normally going to be forced to run a really because, you know, it's just, it's just too fast. You know, the frame moves so fast. You know, there's not enough time to be able to go back. You know, it's all about trying to make things happen, trying to do more, go fast. You know, I think in terms of, you know, big threats, big threats to the progress of the industry, I think fraud is, is the number one thing that's holding back uh, freight, uh, both for shippers. For carriers and for brokers and other areas. You know, we spend so much time, so many resources, so much money on trying to prevent fraud uh, and by trying to identify and eliminate fraud. And fraud is both, you know, from a criminal, like a double brokering or like a steal, a cargo theft and all that kind of stuff. But it's also just fraudulent participation, it's, it, it's fraudulent capacity commitments, it's paper rates. It's it's putting in fake pricing. It's it's all over the place in our industry. And until um, we're able to get to a point through data driven decision making and identity digital identity footprints where we can really prevent that stuff on an individual broker to broker basis, we get buy in from the greater community. Uh, it's going to continue to be a threat. Once we're able to move past fraud as a threat in freight brokerage and in transportation. That's when we're going to get to the dawn of real digital transformation and automation, where you know we're going to really be able to change the industry forever and improve you know the American quality of life through excellence in supply chain.
Well, some absolutely amazing points being made there. And of course, when you're speaking interest rates and inflation, you are definitely speaking my language. And I definitely agree this fraud aspect is a huge issue that we have to kind of deal with and, and get around and move past. And I'm sure we could have another entire fireside chat around those topics altogether, but that's going to bring us to the end of this one. If people want to reach out to you, learn more about Edge Logistics, how can you do that? Uh, edgelogistics.com. Uh, you could contact us there or email me at wkerr at edgelogistics.com. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time today. And thank you all so much for tuning in. Keep watching because there's more 3PL content coming up.